Cut podcast for the week of June 4th, 2023, and uh, I'm in the studio today all by my lonesome. I gave Dave and Marissa the week off since we're getting ready to start a new teaching series on the book of Hebrews. I wanted to do just a brief intro, but I'm beginning to regret my choice, Brad. I'm in here all by myself. All by myself. Oh, nice. (laughs) Thank you for the 80s flashback. I appreciate it. Uh, so we are ending the Beatles series. I do have a question for Brad, since I'm all alone in here. Let's just pull Brad into the conversation. By the way, for those of you who can't see, he's in a he's in a booth, separate, uh, separated by a glass wall. Um, but Brad's on the other side. So we're finishing up the Beatles series this week with Revolution. Uh, for you, what was the most? And you've done a lot of arranging. In fact, we have a special surprise on Sunday uh, that I'll let you share if you want to. But with all the Beatles songs, what was the hardest to to arrange and put together and perform? I think the first one that we did, which was, um, what was the first one? All You Need Is Love. Yeah. It, that one's deceptively tricky. It, it has some varying meters and very, anyway, yeah, the first one was kind of. Well, it didn't show. We have some fantastic well, yeah. musicians. We actually rehearsed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> so uh, for those who are listening before Memorial Day weekend, this this Sunday, we have a little surprise in store. Do, do you want to share what the surprise is? Is that okay? Well, sure. I think okay. it's legal to do that. Yeah, do um, so we created, um, because there are so many songs you could have chosen for this series. Absolutely. That, and you can't choose all of them because we would just be here forever. But hmm. um, So we picked a lot of songs. That we thought maybe could have been in the in the mix, but uh, didn't make the cut, and we so we put them into an overture, nice uh, for symphony orchestra. And so um, there's there are some surprises inside the medley itself of little snippets of things that you didn't know should fit in that song. Um, I'll tell you about one of them. You can listen for the rest of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yellow submarine is one of the songs in the medley. And as we were writing this thing, um, I discovered that the chord structure of the chorus of Yellow Submarine and the melodic lines were very similar to Hogan's Heroes. (laughs) So in the middle of Yellow Submarine, the trombone section actually is quoting... The theme song from Hogan's Heroes. You're gonna make me. You, you're gonna make. You're gonna make me flash back to seminary. That's what I would watch every day over lunch oh, was Hogan's Heroes. Hogan. <laughs> I'm sure there's so much about that that is not politically oh, correct sure. anymore. Sure. They, they probably have taken that off uh, TV land. Well, great. So, so my challenge would be as you listen to the overture. Let's see. Uh, let's see if you can name every song in the overture, yeah. Beatles yep. and non-Beatles song alike. Yes, it's. it's uh... There's a collection, shall we say? A collection. Is it, so, do you know the the exact number? So, if somebody is trying I to, there, I think there's 17. Okay. <laughs> very nice. In a very concise, you know. Anyway, love it. Fantastic. We'll look forward to that on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, then on June 4th, we are starting a new teaching series that's going to take us all the way through the end of August. August 27th will be the last installment, and we're going to be spending the summer in the book of Hebrews, and met with the teaching team just a bit ago. Dave and Marissa, they all say hi. 
Um, but we have said, you know, summertime is a good time to slow down in a teaching series and just take an entire book of the Bible. And I don't know that we'll do this every year. Uh, my original plan for this summer was the book of Romans, but I just need more time. The, the book of Romans is a challenging uh, read. And so to do it right, uh, I need a little more time, but I, I spent some time earlier this year on the book of Hebrews. And in fact, uh, one of the principal works, uh, commentaries that I've used in preparation is Donald Guthrie's book, uh, the Tyndall New Testament commentaries on, on the book of Hebrews. And what, what he says in the opening is what caught my attention. He said, there are other books in the Bible that are easier to read. There are other books that are more pleasant. The train of thought is easier to follow. And we enjoy reading those books. The book of Hebrews is not one of those. It's a more challenging book, but Guthrie says this, that's exactly the reason we should read it, because it's difficult. My, my sense is that there are a lot of hidden treasures in the book of Hebrews that we really have not exposed ourselves to. In fact, let me, let me just read what Guthrie writes. There are some books in the New Testament which hold a certain fascination, not because they have an instant appeal, but because they are more than unusually difficult. The epistle to the Hebrews falls into that category. It's difficult. But as we know with most difficult things, it can be very rewarding once we stretch and what we learn. So I want to do just about a 10, 12-minute background on Hebrews as we dive into it uh, this summer, and then uh, give you a couple of challenges that we'll be using uh, throughout the summer for the church family. And so the book of Hebrews, we don't know who wrote this book. Um, Catholics will unquestionably say that Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Hebrews, but if you look at not only the Greek style of the language that was used, but also the themes that Paul hits on, this is not Pauline, in my opinion, at all. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but we do know that they stick very close to teachings about Jesus. In fact, um, I think it would be um, an exercise in futility to try to identify uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews, and really the truth is only God knows, but the writer does lead us to consider who Jesus is in his fullness. So we don't know the author, uh, but it was accepted, this writing was accepted as biblical very early on. Uh, Clement of Alexandria writes a letter to fellow Christians in 95 AD, so this is even before the book of the Revelation of John was written. So he quotes the book of Hebrews in his letter, dated 95 AD. So we know it was around early on. We also know from evidence within the book that Jerusalem had not yet been sacked by Rome. In 70 AD, Titus and his army, future, he was a general, but future emperor Titus came in, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, ended temple worship uh, in Jerusalem. In the book of Hebrews, though, when it talks about sacrifices being made in the temple, they're not referred to in past tense. They're referred to in present tense. And so that tells us that this book was written before 70 AD within the first generation of Christians, the first 40 years of Christianity. One of the main issues that the book of Hebrews addresses, and here why, is why I think it's so important for us to handle this now. Christianity had only been around for 40 years or less, but it had been around a long enough, especially for Jewish Christians. They said, you know, we kind of miss our Jewish practice of worship. We miss the way things were. And some of them 
were either walking away from their faith in Christ, deconverting, deconstructing, and going back to what they knew before they knew Christ. And I think that's very important for us to handle right here, right now, because we live in a day, and I, truthfully, we always have, but now it's just getting more publicity, where people, both famous people and uh, just ordinary folks like you and me, are deconverting. They are walking away from the church. Maybe they see Christian leaders not acting like leaders or Christians at all. Uh, they see the financial scandals, the sexual scandals. They see the evil in the world, and they can't recognize this with the kingdom or reconcile this with the kingdom message of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. And so people are walking away from the faith. They're deconverting. Um, there's a really great article online by Tim Keller, God bless his memory, on deconstruction. The problem with deconstruction is that you can deconstruct your faith, but usually people build nothing back in its place because there's nothing else to build. And that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews deals with. You can try to dismantle your faith, but you're not going to find forgiveness anywhere else but in Christ. You're not going to find hope in anybody else but Christ. You're not going to find deliverance in any other system. It's only found in the person of Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews, and this is my language, the writer of Hebrews says it's okay to look back, look back at your heritage, but it's not okay to go back. Um, so looking back, I think, is important. And as we walk through the book of Hebrews, in fact, um, this is the best example in the New Testament of how to interpret the Old Testament through the eyes of Christ. Okay, so uh, the writer's going to deal, and we'll, we'll deal with this. He deals with Moses. He deals with Joshua. He deals with the priesthood. He deals with the covenants. He deals with the glory of God. He deals with our new position in Christ. He gives us encouragement, warnings, but does a really good job of helping us interpret the new covenant by looking at the Older Testament Scripture. And I think this is an important lesson for us as well, to remember... <laughs> that two-thirds of our Bible is actually what we would call the Old Testament. I refer to it as the Older Testament. So it's important that we, we acknowledge this part of our heritage and this part of the Scripture because it still has much to teach us. But the writer of Hebrews says it's okay to look back. Just don't go back. There is not hope in anyone else but Christ. So here's where we're going this summer, and I'm going to give several challenges. Um, one as a teacher, uh, one as a pastor, and one as a follower of Jesus. So here's my challenge as a teacher. Lean into the book of Hebrews. This is going to be hard. This is going to be slow going. I, I read this morning an advertisement for the Pony Express. Now, the Pony Express was only in operation for a little under a year. But in 1860, there was an ad for the Pony Express. Here's what it read. Wanted young, skinny, wiry fellows not over 18. Must be expert riders willing to risk death daily. Orphans preferred. <laughs> I mean, if you're wanting to motivate people to sign up for something, I think this is actually the way to do it. Don't give me something that's easy. Give me something hard. I'm telling you, as, as, a, as a teacher, this is going to be a challenge, okay? But there's a great reward in doing what is difficult. So that's as a teacher. Let me share an encouragement with you as a pastor. While we're doing one hard thing, why not do two hard things, okay? 
So the first week that we open this teaching series, June 4th, uh, you're going to receive a bookmark or you will have the opportunity to pick up a bookmark on Sunday morning that will be a prayer guide through the summer. On one side, I think I hear some of the interns walking down the hall. We have some great interns around this summer. So on one side, you're going to see 13 blanks for you to fill in 13 names. 13 chapters in the book of Hebrews. I'm encouraging you this summer as your pastor to pray for 13 people. The first person you're going to pray for is yourself. Pray that you would be aware and sensitive and alert to the teachings of God. The next six people you pray for are going to be Christians or people who have called themselves Christians before, but who are also deconstructing their faith. We're going to intercede on their behalf that they not walk away from the only hope that we have to restore our relationship with God, and that is Christ. Then the final six people we're going to pray for is people who are not yet followers of Christ. And so I'm going to encourage you, um, team up on this. If two or three members have a relationship with the same person in your neighborhood, pray for that person together. Covenant to pray with that person. Think of somebody at work. Think of somebody on your kids' sports teams. So I'm encouraging you this summer to consistently, and we're going to remind ourselves of this every Sunday, pulling out that bookmark, you know, looking at one name, praying for that person. So as a teacher, let's do the hard thing. Let's jump into Hebrews. As a pastor, I'm saying let's do the hard thing and let's pray. Let's intercede on behalf of people, especially in a time where people are still living in darkness and people are deconstructing their faith. And then as a follower of Jesus, here's the final challenge. And I'll do this every week on my midweek update. Debuts on Facebook 11 o'clock every week. It's on our YouTube channel. I'm going to encourage you to memorize a small snippet of Hebrews every week and to use it as an act, as an opportunity for prayer. And let me give you an example of that. So week one of this teaching series, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 1. And Hebrews chapter 1 talks about the divinity of Christ and how he is far superior to any other heavenly being, including the angels. And so to conclude our time today, I'm going to take Hebrews 1.4, that as I prepare, I will be memorizing, and that as I memorize it, I will turn it back into a prayer to God. And it could go something like this. God, in the past, you spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, you have spoken to us by your Son, whom you have appointed heir of all things, through whom you also made the universe. God, we believe that Jesus is the radiance of your glory, the exact representation of your being, and that he sustains all things by his powerful word. And after he provided purification for our sins, Jesus sat down at your right hand, you who are the majesty in heaven. So he has become much superior to any of the angels as his name he inherited is superior to theirs. Amen. A very simple way of reading, praying, and absorbing the scripture and the truth of God so that we will remain strong in faith. Hope you enjoy this teaching series on the book of Hebrews. We're going to be here all summer. Let's, let's not move through it quickly. Let's relish it, and let's listen closely to the Lord. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may God grant you peace, both now and forever. Amen.
します。